0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for
1: all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello everyone and welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm Jada Lois and I'm joined by Sean Degenhart, Present. And John Redling Schaefer.
2: Hear, here. Before
1: we get started, I want to let you know we are on social media. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. You can also email us at podcast at the dot com or you can send us a voice recorded message there as well. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us so more people find the show. It really does help. We like to start the show off with our Disney views. And this week we're going to go around the room here. I'm going to ask you guys what film or property is not represented in the parks that should be. So that can be an attraction. That can be, you know, Tangled Tangled is uh, included in the Magic Kingdom. It's the greatest bathroom ever created. Um, What needs to be in the parks? Let's we'll start with Sean.
3: I always go back to Poppins. I would love to walk down Cherry Tree Lane and take a ride through a chalk pavement picture, you know, all that kind of thing. On uh, the carousel horse, I just think there's a lot of opportunity there. That'd be And there's talk of it. So hopefully something happens.
1: Yeah, before the pandemic, it was announced that there was going to be some sort of attraction inside the uh, United Kingdom Pavilion at Epcot. And there are rumors that that is now off the table. Um, but that would be wonderful if you remember she was included in the great movie ride which was really cool but yeah we'd love to Mm -hmm. see a lot more and of course the penguins are inside uh, the villas at the grand floridian but definitely more for one of the greatest properties disney ever created john how about you
2: well i'm going to go to south america And, no, it's not involving the Brazilian groups that invade the parks every once in a while. But, in a way, it's a celebration of up. You know, I love Carl and Ellie's love story, even though it's very short at the beginning. But a man who's dedicated and committed to going on that adventure to Paradise Falls, I don't know how we could incorporate that. I mean, sure, there's already a water ride there uh, with Frozen in Norway. You know, we've always heard rumors of a South American... Country being added to the World Showcase. I just love what Up is about. I don't care if we have to go defeat Charles Munts and and ride on his crazy little contraption through the air, but it's just important to me that I think that movie has a more prominent role somewhere.
1: How is that not an attraction? How are we not boarding the house with all those balloons and flying over some place from Northern California down to South America? Yeah. I'm going to break my own rule here because this movie is represented, but I don't, I still don't think they've figured out the best way to represent it. And it, I'm talking about monsters Inc. And I do love monsters Inc. Laugh floor. And I love the dark ride attraction inside California adventure. But what I would love to see is that roller coaster, that indoor roller coaster that we've been hearing about for so long, uh, where you're actually flying past those doors. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think that would be wonderful and untapped. I feel like someone somewhere is saving that, you know, when they completely run out of all ideas. Hey, we still have this. <laughs> so I'm not sure why. There's been talk of, of changing uh, Aerosmith's um, rock and roller coaster at some point. Uh, to a more modern band or group, I would be fine if you didn't have that be a a musical attraction anymore and build that Monsters, Inc. Coaster there.
2: Oh, I love that idea. I mean, that's such a poignant part of the movie anyway. And, you know, different parts can be going into different doors and and different countries. I I think you could, the sky's the limit on that. You know, there's so many other elements there. You could have water news trying to get you and things like that. I, I, I wish they'd stop sitting on that idea then, because the farther we get away from the movies, the less people are going to be familiar with it. I know there's a new Disney Plus series coming out involving the Monsters, Inc. characters. So, yeah, I'm all game. Let's finish that up, and between Season 1 and Season 2, announce that we're going to retrofit a ride.
3: You could have Roz um, greeting you as you get off, saying, you know, turn in your papers.
2: I'm watching.
1: So, Jungle Uh, Book. Jungle Book. I don't know how that's not represented in the park someplace with both the animated and the live action. I love both versions of that film, but I'm surprised that's not in an Adventureland somewhere. What would you like to see in the parks that isn't there right now? Let us know. Once again, email us at podcasts at thehyperionhub.com.
3: Well, we are thrilled to have with us today on the Hyperion Hub, um, a wonderful singer, musician. Um, you've probably seen her with Voices of Liberty, heard her with Voktiv. Um If not, look her up. Tiffany Coburn. Tiffany, welcome to the Hyperion Hub. Oh, the Hyperion Hub. I'm so honored. It sounds so regal.
2: It does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sounds like she's never met John Aloy. But anyway. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) You need like some sort of, you know, like like a button to push with special sound effects.
1: That
2: would take money. We'll add that in post. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, our our morning radio budget isn't what it should be, I guess.
3: (laughs) So, Tiffany, tell us a little bit about yourself and just how you got into music and just a little bit of your backstory.
0: Just a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I am originally from Anaheim, California, so I grew up with Disney basically in my backyard. My very first job, actually, was while I was still in high school. Um, I went to Fullerton Union High School, and um, as a senior, they had like a program that you could get – you know, credit for working in, you know, at Disneyland. And, um, you know, it it wasn't just like a college thing then. I don't even know if they had the college program then, but I, I actually got credit for working at Pinocchio's village house as like a burger stuffer girl. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. Isn't that good? So I was, you know, in foods and I loved it. I smelled like a French fry every, every (laughs) night, you know, and um uh, like it was really fun. And then I moved up, excuse me, to cashier. Thank there you. There you go. Oh that's my. right. That I know. Come on. And then uh when when um the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, uh it was called Big Thunder Mountain Barbecue Restaurant, and they were in covered wagons, and I was the um I was the opening on the opening crew and I was the opening head cashier. Thank you so much.
3: Wow. Right
0: of course it's now no more, but uh, you know, that's a little bit of history, but yeah, I, I grew up at Disneyland. I mean, I was such a Disney freak, <laughs> you know, I can tell you where all the ticket booths used to be. Um, and you know, it's so weird now to go back You know, I just I'm still a huge fan. I think, you know, I think a lot of people who grew up with Disneyland uh, in their life just have just a very special, fond feeling about that place. You know, uh, even though the castle is smaller and all the things, there's just something very special about the the original, you know, so. Yeah. Anyway, and then I, um, I just have done music my whole life. Um, I, I started traveling with groups when I was seventeen, and um, and then uh, travel a lot of gospel groups. That that's really been my background. I traveled with the Continentals, and then uh, Truth, which is with a Southern based yeah. group, and then. Um, I auditioned for Voices of Liberty on a whim because I heard you got paid to sing. And I was like, I don't care what they sing. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter, a hill of beads. Um, but then, of course, I found out what they, what they did, and I couldn't believe it. But the director at the time, um, founder and director, was Derek Johnson, and he gave me a shot. And he hired me as a full-time second soprano in 1988, in the fall of 1988. And uh, I know, won't tell you how old I am now, but I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, and so then he, he took a shot and hired, uh, was one of two of the youngest that he'd ever hired at that point. And I was 20 years old. And I mean, the rest is, you know, history, as they say. Um, I left a couple of times, again, to travel with gospel groups. I traveled two different times with truth. Um, and then, um, I traveled also with Sandy Patty. I sang back up for her for several years, which was an absolute blessing and a dream come true, uh, as was singing at Disney, obviously. But, um, it's so funny because I, you know, I, uh, I told the Lord that I really wanted to sing for Disney. That was just like a dream come true for me. But I didn't know what that meant, you know. I was I was wanting to be in a band that came up out of the
2: ground, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, in Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland Terrace,
0: yeah. you know.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's and that's what I you know I'm trying to follow here. You obviously grow up with Disneyland, but now you end up in Florida. What was that because of the travel? How did that happen?
0: That's the thing, you know. When you ask. You know, when when you ask uh, for something, be specific (laughs) because, um, you know, Florida was not my first pick. Let me just say, Um, because it wrecks my hair. It's super hot and humid. (laughs) I'm so vain. No, um, uh, to be honest, it's probably the best place for a singer because of the humidity, actually. Um, But I yeah, again, I flew out here on a whim uh, auditioned for this group and got hired and bam i i was here in january um, like january 4th 1989 was my first day and you know stayed here ever since met my husband here and um, then my husband i've been married 27 years and my daughter was born and so you know we're like true floridians now i've been here longer than i was in california isn't that funny
3: Was there ever any talk of a Voices-like group at Disneyland?
0: Absolutely, in fact, they did try that. Uh, I wanna say, 2008 or 2009, maybe uh, they did that. Maybe it was later, maybe it was like 11 or 12, I can't remember. But anyway, they did do it for like a year and a half. Um, They did it just kind of as a a look-see Um, And to be honest, we've gotten some of our greatest, uh, greatest singers because of that closing. Uh, Several of those singers came over to us and auditioned and got in Voices of Liberty, uh, Florida. But, you know, so those actually those those two people are very. They're special because um, they've actually been in both groups. You know, wow. Um, was that at Great just,
1: Moments with Mr. Lincoln? Right it sure was. Yeah, okay. Yes, I
0: remember. So what they did was they had the group stand. Um, they had the group stand right out front of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln and sing a song. You know, kind of an you know like an opener, and then and then invite the guests in to Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, and then they would do a whole show on the stage. Right before the the Mr. Lincoln would come out, you know, the problem was, um, y- you know, again, it's if you're not familiar with Disneyland, great moments with Mr. Lincoln's right in the front, so you know, right in the circle. Whereas if you're from Florida, um, great moments with Mr. Lincoln would be where Tony's restaurant is, mm-hmm. basically. Okay, so but people are coming in; they don't really want to stop, and they're ready to go to a ride, you know, They got, and especially if they got kids, man, they're ready. I want to go on a ride. I want to go to Tomorrowland mom. I want to do, you know, so, you know, that's, that's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to just pull them. It's like, stop the excitement. You know, I mean, that's my own, that's my own take on it, but it's also, um, the venue wasn't exactly what it needed to be for singers, Mm -hmm. uh, completely carpeted. Um, you know, just so even though they had um, mics on the floor, they tried all different kinds of things to make it work, uh, monitors and everything. But, you know, the, the, the sound would really just kind of go flat. You know, it would just shoot out and just go down. So, that, you know, but they definitely gave it a shot. You know, their, uh, their initial, uh, what do you call it? Their initial uh, launch or whatever was just supposed to be, I think, maybe six months, maybe. Three to six months, and um, and then they kept getting extended and extended, and and um, you know they did candlelight and all the things, and uh, you know, and they I got to see it. I was, it was like a quest for me to to go see it because I I was so um, that was a dream to be able to have a Voices of Liberty at my park, you know, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And so I got to see them and I spent the entire day and watched every single show, you know, and I (laughs) cried almost every single show. I just cried. I was just I was so like moved by what just kind of the of what it was, you know, two people, two things coming together. I don't know. I was really happy that they tried it, Uh, but it just didn't work out, you know. So so that's okay. At least
1: they tried. The building that was built for singing at Epcot and the American Adventure in that beautiful rotunda, you were part of that first decade at Epcot. So, you know, I, I'm sure that there hasn't been many changes because it's such a perfect venue. What is it yeah. like to be in that circle and perform like you do? Oh my goodness. Well,
0: you know, the rotunda was not actually created for us oh that was that was just an extra well no that's okay that's okay i think that's i think that's really good to be able to to clear up you know to be honest um it wasn't created for us um it just happened to be the most amazing venue
2: (laughs) Um, you know
0: i mean it was it was designed you know with uh you know the capitol building you know dome as well as the independence hall you know, so it was kind of a, it's kind of a mishmash of both of those buildings. Um, it just so happens that the Dome is the most unbelievably perfect place for singers. So, um, you know, and again, they they didn't really have a plan, you know, to put us in there. Um, my you know, I think it was, you know, for it to be full time. I think they had thought about banjos, um, you know, ukuleles, whatever, wow. you know, early. um you know, early American instrumentation. I mean, they weren't even sure what to put in there, you know, in 1982. Uh, But our director just had a vision. He just knew, he absolutely knew that it would work. And um, so while they're in their hammering and, you know, still working on the building, he brought the group in um, and, said let me let us sing a song for you you know you know let's just try something he didn't say that to anybody it was just kind of within his group he said let's let's try something and so he tried Shenandoah the song Shenandoah and you know the story goes one by one the the hammering stopped and the you know the sawing stopped and they all would come to the edge of the of the balcony there and they listened and so basic i mean he just derek johnson just had a vision man he just knew what he had and he he knew the impact that the voice had and he knew that it would be a powerful moment and so then they said okay let's give it a shot you know so voices of liberty and the mariachi Cobra are the only two original groups from October 1st, 1982, when Epcot (laughs) opened, so that are still there. Very special.
2: You mentioned that this is a full-time opportunity. Could you walk us through, I mean, there's probably no such thing as a typical week, I understand that, but as best as you can. A full-time gig. How cool is this? I mean, it can't all be underneath the dome getting to sing all the time, but just a little insight on what the week looks like.
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, right now we're still in kind of a COVID kind of thing. But, you know, um, let me walk you through just like a typical day of, you know, before we were out front, you know. Um, we Again, we so we stand on the edge of the red circle facing – facing out. So uh, actually facing towards the entrance of the American adventure and the purpose of that, to be honest, there was a purpose for everything was, uh, our original intent was to be the pre-show to the upstairs theater show. That was the, that's the intent, uh, and purpose of our group. So while people are walking around, looking at the pictures, we're entertaining them with just about 15 minutes of music. And then you know, then hopefully, you know, in good progression, and they take them upstairs, they see the American Adventure uh, show, and then when they're done, they're waving a flag, you know, they're so filled with patriotism, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's the idea. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, so we we come out. Um, I su- So, in the beginning, let's see, we start our, our morning, you know, let's say, you know, it changes again, you know, to here and there, but let's say we start at, say, uh, 11 o'clock we come in at 11 o'clock um we rehearse from 11 to eleven fifteen, and then from eleven fifteen, you know which is just more warm-ups just kind of warming up our voices um we do a thing where we try to get all of our vowels together because typically um even though we have about 16 full-time people you're talking about different people every single day okay different timbres of voices your first soprano is gonna be just a little bit different and so uh, who is our leader you know and so we want to match that girl so if you've got a softer high soprano um, we need to we need to adjust our sound a little bit maybe she's a classically trained girl maybe one girl like when I'm on first or when I was on first I would be more of a pop soprano more of a pop approach little wider vowels that kind of thing whereas like for instance our, our kate who is classically trained stunning operatic uh coloratura um she's got a nice heft to her to her sound beautiful full sound but she's got tall vowels really tall vowels so it's just about learning about each other and so we take 15 minutes about to kind of pull that together and then um you know and then they, they have to build in a little bit of time because of the union so you get a little bit of walking time to go and uh, get dressed in our colonial costumes then we go um to uh you know then you have a few minutes before you go out on set so then we line up you know in this little carpeted area we line up in our couples we walk out we do our first show uh you know anywhere between eleven forty-five and 12 you know um when we first opened, it was a lot earlier. We had two voices of Liberty groups when we first opened mm. 1982. So it, uh, uh, well, actually not right in 1982, about midway, about 1986, you know, we started having two groups, <laughs> but anyway, um, and we do uh, seven, 15 minute shows throughout the day, you know, oh. about every 45 minutes or so. And then we're done about five o'clock, five thirty. kind of depends, you know, um and you know throughout the years it's you know it's all changed um depending on what's going on outside you know on the american garden stage they want or sometimes they need to stretch our our shows so that there's something else happening down there because there's nothing on the stage just kind of depends so right now though we're on the american garden stage Um, and that's kind of an open-ended thing based on COVID restrictions and all that. Yeah. We were put up there for that reason, you know, because we had to be separate. And then, of course, singing, um, you know, there were so many restrictions with singing and singing over people, Mm -hmm. you know, so we had to be away from people. So we're very fortunate that they kept us on, to be honest, uh,
3: um, that they found a place for us. So yeah I love um Derek Johnson's stuff. Uh, some church ensembles I've been in have done some of his things and just glorious harmonies
0: to be honest, they're timeless. Everything that Derek does is just timeless um you know uh, I've got a fun fact for you with Derek Johnson if you'd like to know yeah, you want to know all right yeah, so my mother and dad grew up in Southern California in San Diego. Well, he was a youth pastor at a a big church there called Skyline. Well, Derek ended up marrying my parents. Okay. Um, My dad couldn't sing really well, but he was a a big time athlete who loved Jesus. And so he'd have him come and (laughs) tell his testimony. Well, my mother was one of his singers, you know, so, um, but I mean, I'd never met him. I mean, and my folks didn't know that he was in Florida. I mean, it was just kind of, again, you kind of look back and go, whoa, the, you know, God <laughs> uh-huh. oversaw all this. Anyway, so he married my parents. Then here I come and be in his group. And then all those years later, he married me and my husband. Oh, wow. Isn't that the coolest thing? Yeah. That's great. Uh, so uh, cool. he's been a huge influence in my life in more ways than just musical ways. Um, yeah. but. You know his so his music that he did back then was just as just the same you know uh in the nineteen fifties and sixties as they as it is right now, you know it's just timeless classic arrangements
3: another arranger that I absolutely love is Jamie Ray um Tell us a little bit about Voktiv and Jamie. The first time I heard Voktiv was your fly medley and my mouth was just on the floor. It was amazing. So tell us a little bit about Vactiv. yeah.
0: It's one of our favorites to do, to be honest with you. It's just really fun. Um, Jamie Ray is one of my favorite people in all the world. I mean, just hilarious and ridiculously gifted. (laughs) You know, he's just this amazing person that loves music with such a passion just like the rest of us, you know, but he, uh, he would come and sit on the floor and videotape and then just get to know us. You know, um, we went to church together. He, I mean, um, and then he followed me in truth and things like that. But, um, and then all of a sudden he was in voices of Liberty and, um, and then had us start to come to his, his, um, college that he was teaching at to do some studio work or to speak to his students. And, uh, then when Voktiv was all put together, you know, he just, um, he he had a vision for it. Voktiv was kind of an accident, if that
3: makes sense. Yeah. I was wondering how it kind of happened.
0: We were putting together a a record called the magic of voices and it was just all voices of Liberty music, but with, um, all different voices throughout the years, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and Jamie, you know, added a couple of arrangements and things like that. But he was kind of in charge of putting it together. And um, but he wanted to add one extra song. And so he wanted to do a song, you know, like a like a fly medley, you know. Um, so he put that together. And while we were recording it, he thought, I wonder just because it was his arrangement. and He liked it. and It was kind of fun. He just thought I about this video camera. I mean. It'd be kind of fun to, you know, if nobody minds, I'll just run around and take a little video. So literally we're singing it and he's in there with this little handheld video camera, just taking a video. That's literally how it happened. And he put it on YouTube and it just exploded. Then that's just kind of how we were, we were birthed, you know? And
3: so then the, he put the, the people together and the rest is history. I'm a choral guy and my best friend is a choral guy and we just will send links to each other. Did you hear this new one? I'm just I'm beautiful, great choral music.
0: Thank you so much. We're about to go in the studio again. We're going to do some studio work where we've got um, some Christmas things that we're putting together, um, some new songs. So you'll
3: you'll be hearing those soon, too. So Yeah. So do you guys, are is Voctive out a lot or mostly in the Orlando area? Or?
0: We were. Yeah. Uh, you know and when the pandemic hit we we actually had a full of a massive schedule and um and it all got shut down everything so we've got um we've got a decent fall coming up to be honest you know um but it it so much depends on you know again on how people how comfortable people feel going to a venue a concert venue you know so it's you know, everybody's just kind of opening the doors just ever so slightly, you know. So, it'll I think for all of the musicians, you know, everybody doing concert work, I think it will all eventually come back. Um, You know, same with with college college choirs and things like that. I mean, it hit all of us. You know, it hit everybody. Because, you know, uh, singing in choirs, I mean, you had to be 12 feet away. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to be 12 feet away. So that was that's just rough. So I think it'll all come back soon, you know?
1: That's great. Now I'm, I'm not an expert, so please don't make fun of me, Sean. No way. You are, <laughs> you are a mezzo soprano. Yes. Okay. Um, and that means that you, you're the one that we hear at the end of some of those songs, you get way up there and you close out some of those beautiful old American melodies, Correct. I do. Um,
0: okay. Except Kate, well, well, uh, um, I'm a, uh, let's see, I'm a mezzo soprano with a high extension, if okay. that helps. It does um, help, yes. <laughs> so, but what Kate is, is she's the color tourist. So she's the one that's, that, her her strong um, notes are above the staff. I mean, there's just nobody that can touch that. It's like her lid pops off, and she just <laughs> lives up here. I I, make, I laugh at her, and I say, you know, you <laughs> you say words in a realm that I can't even dream of. <laughs> she says <laughs> words up there. Um, yeah. So I, what what we do in in Baktiv is we do a lot of singing together, and then when it gets Honestly, when it gets too high, she peels off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
0: helps. Um, but you know, I'm a I'm a high C girl, and then you know, uh, then high C's and D's, and then she peels off and does, you know, E's and F's.
1: So, first of all, I have to tell you that you make tears shoot out of my wife's eyes, and I'm not far behind. So we love listening. Um, when did you know that you had this gift? And how did you develop it? At, at what age did all that begin? You know,
0: I, uh, you know, I've done a lot of referencing to church and and God. I I grew up in church, um, and church choir, youth choir. I I just have always loved to sing. Um, my favorite group was the Osmonds. I mean, I loved the Osmonds to this day, um, but I just you know, there wasn't a lot on TV back then either. And so I did a lot of listening to music in my room and, um, singing with my record player. And, um, I just could carry a tune and I really enjoyed singing. So I just, um, I was in all the little productions at church and, um, then they would ask me to sing at church and I'd sing a little something at church. And, uh, but again, I think my very first thing was, um, you know, of any kind of professional grade would be when I tried out for the Continental Singers, which was, uh, I was 17. Um, But I, I've always known that music was something uh, special. um, And that I, that I had some sort of a gift because I was given opportunities to do solos in school and things like that. Um, So, you know, I think I've just always known from, from a little girl that, that music was something special for me.
2: That's great. Well, and I love that your entire nucleus of—I'll call it a family—you uh, are so talented musically, but the the way you share it is something that's uh, that is hard to explain to someone who's never been there. My son, incredibly shy, were there at the American Adventure a couple of years ago. He gets pulled up. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He is just. He is just mortified. If you look there, the, the initial photographs is this child who's who's just dreading some, But by the end, I mean, just the way he's involved and, and what you've shared with him, it's one of his favorite memories ever, you know? In, and, I, and I'm sure it always will be, but the way you're able to balance your gifts, but also the, to share them and and almost, I guess, in a way, convince all of us in the audience that, hey, this is truly the American spirit we're all feeling right now. I, I just I, I couldn't let this episode go without you know telling you how much he still talks about that, and the pictures at the end of his experience are much happier than the initial ones when he came up and joined you. So yeah,
0: well I can imagine. Listen, I mean how because when you don't know, it's like being pulled up for a magic act. You know, you don't know if you're gonna <laughs> right. be the girl sawed in half. You know, right. um. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know. A, in reference to Derek Johnson, who you know who created this show, it was real important to him that we included the audience, that the audience had a um, a connection with us, that we weren't just these untouchables, uh, and and so then you know that we're kind of breaking that fourth wall to reach out and grab. Um, grab somebody from the audience and say, you know, what do you think of this? And and you're a part of this too. I think Disney in general is really good at that, you know, but um, Derek Johnson just had a special gift for that. And so then when, and then when we're done with the program, with the show, then he always encouraged us to go, go straight out and start talking to people. Um, that really was his his thing you know and i think a lot more groups do that now but he he was Mm -hmm. the one who instilled that in people uh because um he said i want people to know that you're human you know here you're sitting at the at, at our feet hearing this ridiculous music um unbelievable gifts from from these high sopranos and low basses and stuff like that and then they come out and say hi to you they go what? Yeah,
1: we have to make you're sure person, you're not animatronics. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah and, and that was real important to him, you know. Um, so, um, you know, we've we've had people that have, you know, like your son, um, that have been sung to and done skip to Malou and whatever, um, that have come back every single year, you know, and gotten their picture with that person
3: every single year, you know. <laughs> so it's it's definitely done uh, done good things. Tell us about your new project that just came out. Oh,
0: you guys, I am so excited. Um, I got a brand new record. It came out on April 30th, and it's done really well so far. Uh, It's called You Are More, and uh, it's got nine cuts on it and uh, actually quite a few different kinds of singing. Um, A couple of Southern Gospel. I got a bluegrass song on there couple of inspirational ballads yeah it came out it's done really well on spotify and uh pandora and we've you know we've done uh we've done well it's you know what we've i've got a lot of um different guests on it uh ernie haas and signature sound did a song with me the group called the isaacs
3: oh they're wonderful i love them
0: um and then um uh, uh joseph Habadek have you ever heard of him Oh yep. he's amazing.
3: Yeah.
0: And then um and then point of grace, they do a song with me too. It's just um I was so thrilled that everybody, you know, gave their talents. It was just such a such a treat. And the songs are just meaty with fabulous messages. Um my producer is Wayne Hahn.
3: Love
0: Wayne,
3: yeah. His arrangements are
0: phenomenal. And he's just a phenomenal person. I mean, mm-hmm. w- wonderful, wonderful visionary.
1: What music? What other types of music do you listen to? Do you listen to just about everything, or or is it just basically the types of songs that you sing?
3: You
0: know, um, I'm I'm actually a huge big band fan, uh, which sounds really funny. I I'm kind of an old soul. I I like the easy listening channels that have Jackie Gleason orchestra and, um, Doris day. Oh, and, uh, I was a big Doris day fan and I, I, I'm a huge Michael Buble fan. Um, you know, when David Foster, when he first found him, I thought this guy is going to be mm-hmm. huge. And I am his, one of his biggest fans. I, um, because, because of that, that old, fabulous you know horn section i anything with horns you know tower of power
3: (laughs) my second oldest daughter was listening to michael's christmas album this morning on the way to school so yeah she'll (laughs) she loves michael buble too
0: (laughs) i have a huge love for that era i i was 100 percent born of the wrong era um so that's kind of uh if i if i'm not listening to something to learn you know which to be honest. Um, the more involved with music I get the more all I do is just listen to music to learn it to put it on stage you know so it's it's hard to be honest to to learn um, to just relax with other music not that funny mm-hmm. um, it's it, and I never thought it would be that way because I just I love all different kinds of music but the more you get involved with putting things on stage all you're doing is learning music for the stage you right. know? Um, so downtime is big band and then um i just bought the new isaacs cd so i'm enjoying that <laughs> you guys if you don't know the isaacs you gotta learn them because they are amazing
3: yes it's a gospel bluegrass family group. Yeah, bluegrass yeah. family Excellent. group
0: with Jewish roots, uh, Messianic Jewish roots. I mean, like incredible story. I bought the the mom's um, books. Her her parents were uh, in concentration camps. I mean, like I, I am tearing through the books. Like it's so fantastic. Uh, you know, the the testimony is so out of this world, and then just that they're they're this incredibly musical family that's just very honest. That's the thing. In fact, Wayne and I were talking about it, and I said, I just love their honesty on stage. They're just who they are. They don't Mm -hmm. apologize for it. This is just who we are. And, you know, that's kind of hard to do these days, you know, is just say, this is kind of who I am. And I'm, you know, and just, and be okay with that. You Mm -hmm. know, be okay with that and not try to put on airs. This is just who I am. You know, God made me like this, you know.
3: So Tiffany, thank you so much. This has been a treat for us. And I hope you've enjoyed the time as well. We love you and voices and and.
0: I appreciate you asking me. I hope I didn't talk your leg off too much.
3: <laughs> Not at all.
1: That's going to do it for this week. Once again, we'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and email us any topic you want us to talk about. Podcasts at the com. You can also send us a voice recorded message. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. We love reading those. And if you'd like to get a hold of us on social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or
0: send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperianhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub.